Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. How you doing, everybody? I'm Ken Bykoff, and welcome to the Peaks Podcast, brought to you by the Upland Brewing Company. We have a great show lined up for you today. We're going to be hearing from IU football coach Tom Allen about his Hoosiers lost to Michigan State and what kind of challenges Maryland will bring this weekend. And we have some special comments from head basketball coach Archie Miller from last week's Media Day. Plus, we're going to have the latest from the recruiting trail in the wake of Hoosier hysteria. But first... Hoosier football is in full swing, and there's nothing more fun than a fall day in Bloomington. A visit to Memorial Stadium is always exciting, but you can make your trip to B-Town even better. The Upland Brewing Company has two breweries in Bloomington, which means double the ways to experience Upland beers. Go behind the barrels at the Woodshop Sour Ale Brewery and Tasting Room on West 11th Street, or you could see where Upland classics like Upland Wheat, Dragonfly IPA, the Prohibition-style Champagne Velvet, and our new favorites begin at the Production Brewery and Westside Beer Bar on Profile Parkway. Book the tours online today at uplandbeer.com tours. The Upland Brewing Company. Good beer, good people. Come drink with us. Now, Hoosier fans certainly could have used a drink following IU's 17-9 loss to Michigan State last week, and it was a game that was there for the taking but slipped away. And you might think Tom Allen and his team might be getting frustrated, but, you know, Allen really isn't built like that, and he's not about to let his team get down. Now, he was asked about how to keep his players from getting too frustrated during his weekly press conference at the Hall of Champions at Memorial Stadium. Fair question, you know, and... uh, um... We had a good discussion as a team yesterday and uh, kind of get a chance for them to talk a little bit and, and ask them about how they felt, you know, personally. And, and yeah, it's, it's very uh, natural to, to be um, even to get discouraged, you know, disappointed for sure and frustrated. And, and, uh, but what I did was I shared there's, uh, there's a few head coaches in this conference that reached out to me um, regarding the way our team is playing. And I didn't ask them. I mean, they just, you know, chose to do that. And they were so complimentary of how hard we play, how well we've played, how physical we are, how tough our kids are, um, just the way we've just battled and fought against really good football teams. And they're impressed. So I told our guys, I said, you can – choose to you know feel sorry for yourself or you can realize you just played arguably the toughest schedule in the country to start the season 
and you're right there. So you can get disappointed and hang your head and, and uh, mope, or you can draw confidence from the way you performed, not how I told you you could, but how you have physically shown to perform, and you can draw strength from that, confidence from that, and attack with more fervor and more grit than ever before, because you do know you're right on the edge and on the verge of breaking through. So, you know, that's, that's the way I approach it. And uh, I just think that it's, it's a matter of staying the course and just not growing weary in the process. And that's the key. And that's going to be our challenge as coaches. And, and, uh, but we have played a tough schedule. I mean, you, you, you look at that and in the beginning, I could have told you that six months ago, you knew we were in for a, you know, a tough, challenging start to our season. You know? so, so here we are, you know, with uh, the first half already completed and, and plus one, and, and you got five games left. So how are you going to respond? How are you going to finish? So that, that, that word finish, you know, applies to the game. It applies to a lot of things. And, and that's going to be something you're going to hear me say a lot here in the next several weeks. But, but uh, definitely a challenge for sure to, to be able to keep the mind, which is a very, very powerful thing, to keep your mind right. And because that affects your behavior, that affects the way that you approach each day. And it's going to affect the way that they come to practice tomorrow morning. And I fully expect them to be highly energized and focused and locked in to go play our best game of the season on Saturday at Maryland. And that's what our staff will lead by example, and that's what I expect. So that's where we're at. Indiana has struggled offensively, but the Hoosiers also have played some of the toughest defenses in the Big Ten. Now, Allen was asked if he believes his offense has a good grasp of their offensive concepts that might allow it to find its rhythm at the back end of the schedule as it gets a little bit easier. Yeah, I do. You know, you got to always, you know, I'm not going to take away from, you know, Michigan State's defense and Michigan's defense and, and the teams we've played in Ohio State's defense, you know, and Penn State's defense. I think those are those are four really, really good Big Ten defenses. Um, and I know Michigan State's ranked top five. And when we played Michigan, they were number one. And, and uh, um, so you, you, you have to understand, you know, it's, it's, it's a part of the big picture of, of what you're going against. And, and then you got a, a young quarterback that's still, still growing, you know, for sure. So, and he's been put in, in some tough situations. There's no doubt about it. And so it's just, I think it's a lot of things, a lot of variables. But uh, – you know, we believe in what we're doing and uh, definitely want to, you, know, you, you have calls, you have back, you want to change. I, gosh, I got a call. I wish I could have changed on one of our situations. And, you know, just like I, I tell our team, you know, there's, there's two days that you don't need to focus on. That is yesterday and tomorrow. You focus on today. You learn from yesterday. You don't be anxious about tomorrow. You dwell on today. And so we're learning from our past mistakes and things that we want to do and improve on and get better at. And we focus on what we're going to do today to be able to be at our best tomorrow. So that's, uh, you know, obviously we've played some really good, talented teams. And I know a lot of, a lot of teams have tough schedules, so that's part of it. And we knew that going in. And so now we've got to be able to allow ourselves to learn from those and, and execute those key situations. That's what it comes down to. You know, even, you know, even on that, you said that third and long, you got to execute, execute the call. Now, Maryland is this week's opponent, and Allen had some very kind words to say about this week's challenge. On to Maryland, um, a team that's much improved from a year ago. Coach um, Durkin has been there now in his second season, and you know, when they went to Texas to start the year, and 
and defeated them, you know, 51 to 41 in, in a kind of a crazy game with a lot of special teams, drama, and different points scored there on both sides in all different phases, but um, very explosive offensively. And um, they uh, have two of the best backs we will have faced as a combination. And receiver-wise, two of the best receivers will play in regards to ball skills and speed. So uh, that's a tremendous challenge. And then defensively, they just run around really well. Coach Durkin's a defensive-minded coach and uh, always has his guys ready on that side of the football. And they've been opportunistic and creating takeaways and physical up front. And uh, they run to the ball really well. So I know that's what he demands. But um, good football team that we have to be on the road against and uh, be at our best. So this preparation is going to be very important for us to be able to um, attack this week. Our word is relentless, and that's the way we're going to approach everything that we do in our preparation to, to head to Maryland on Friday. Now, before we move on to basketball, there was a lot of chatter after the game, I know, on Twitter and on the post-game call-in show about the sequence late in the game in East Lansing in which the Hoosiers failed to score a touchdown after facing first and 10 from about the Michigan State 11-yard line. Now, IU ran the ball up the gut three times and kicked a field goal, and offensive coordinator Mike DeBoard was asked just about that sequence. Well, they weren't draw plays. They were quarterback run plays. You know, they weren't draws. Um... And as you well as you could see in that game, they're hard to run against. Uh, they always overload the box and stuff. So we tried to empty the box out so we had fewer guys to block. And um, you know, it wasn't all him. You know, I mean, you just we have to do a better job of you know executing those plays. But uh, it was you know when you get down there and they load the box up even more so. You know, we, we tried to reduced the amount of people we had to block in that situation, but they weren't draws. They were quarterback runs. The Hoosiers face Maryland at 3.30 p.m. on the Big Ten Network this Saturday, and IU will also be making another national television appearance in a couple of weeks when they take on Wisconsin on ABC. That game's going to kick off at noon. Now then, across the parking lot on the old Ferris Farm at the Simon Scott Assembly Hall, Archie Miller's team showed off for the crowded Hoosier hysteria, but just as important was the love shown to a number of high-profile recruits in attendance, including five-star prospects like Romeo Langford from New Albany, Darius Garland from Nashville, Tennessee, and Keon Brooks, a five-star guard from the class of 2019. Now, I, I really wanted to get into just some comments that uh, that were picked up by Jeff Ravjohns, and, and since Hoosier Hysteria went down, all those guys have, have uh, you know, just enjoyed their visit. Nobody ever comes home and, sa- and tells the media, oh, my visit was awful, it was terrible. So take that into account. But... You know, you saw some some really interesting comments. I think that uh, um, from from some people that I think is is just a really big positive. Now, uh, Romeo Langford's coach at New Albany, Jim Shannon, a guy who's won state titles and has 521 uh, wins in his 34 years as a head basketball coach. Now, his his comments about it, he says. Quote, the whole event was first class and the crowd was unbelievable. I couldn't believe how the crowd was. And he said, it's difficult to speak for Romeo and his family, but I think it went great for him. I don't know how it could have gone any better as far as being appreciated, walking across the floor to a standing ovation from 13,000, 14,000 people. And he said, as we walked across the floor and the energy continued to grow, I was in awe of the whole situation. There aren't too many things that I get real excited for, but I had goosebumps. It was surreal. 
And he said, I never really walked with somebody in that situation. I know they weren't clapping for me, obviously, but to be his coach, to see the love and adoration for him, being a few steps behind him, it was amazing. And, you know, Romeo Langford certainly is somebody, he's, he's the top target for the Hoosiers. And, you know, his basketball coach, at New Albany, certainly was impressed by the love that that he's seen. And, you know, when you're an adult walking through that situation, it's impressive. But imagine what it makes, the impression it makes on you when you're 17 or 18 years old. And I think that uh, for, for everybody who was in attendance, they said that the crowd was just completely uh, incredible for the event and it had to make an impact. It certainly made an impact on Darius Garland, the 6'1 point guard from Brentwood Academy in the Nashville, Tennessee area. Now, he also talked to Jeff Rab Johns. His father did anyway, Winston Garland, a native of God's country in Gary, Indiana. Um, he said, and, and this is uh, Winston Garland, he said, the visit was great. Hoosier hysteria was off the chain. It was a great visit, and Darius really enjoyed it. And again, no no recruit ever says we had a terrible visit, but still, um, you know, it's an impressive atmosphere. And uh, uh, Winston Garland said of his son, that was something. We weren't expecting that for the fans to stand up uh, and uh, cheer as they came across the floor. He said, we had some cousins of his on campus and nearby who came down to see him. They had no idea they were walking into that, and neither did we. And it was pretty emotional for my wife. That's what Winston Garland said. Uh, and he he also, Jeff Rabjohns asked if the official visit moved where the Hoosiers stand with him. And Winston Garland said, definitely up, definitely up. It was a great visit all around. Now, Garland has uh, four schools on his final list, Indiana, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and UCLA. And it, it you just have to be impressed with the job that the Indiana fans did. And Indiana did in setting up this event to really make it a love fest for the recruits. And it's obviously making an impact. And the same goes for, again, Keon Brooks from the class of 2019, a 6'8 forward. Now, his father told Pigs.com the crowd was great, the atmosphere was great, and it's neat how they brought all the recruits out on the floor. They're definitely doing some good things. And he said that, you know, again, that standing ovation from the crowd, he said that's huge. Anytime you get in an arena like Assembly Hall and you get that type of reaction from a crowd, it has to move you. I thought the crowd was amazing, and if it's like that for an inter-squad inter scrimmage, imagine what a game is like. So, again, IU fans, pat yourselves on the back, because obviously you made the impact that, uh, that you kind of wanted to. Now, whether that will move the needle to get these guys to convince, uh, convince them to uh, commit to Indiana... That remains to be seen. Certainly, uh, some there's a lot more work to be done for Archie Miller. I know Romeo Langford is kind of planning on, on waiting until the spring uh, to make a decision, but there's no question that uh, it, it made an impact what, what uh, people did at the Simon Scott Assembly Hall. And uh, so going forward, you know, if Indiana gets a, 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 a commit from one of them or all three of them, two of them, however many it comes, you have to give a little bit of an assist to Hoosier Hysteria and the crowd in attendance. Now, finally, I wanted to get to some comments Archie Miller made during Big Ten Media Day in New York City last week. Now, this isn't from the podium that you may have seen on TV, but this is rather from a side session held with Hoosier media members in attendance, including Peaks.com founder and publisher Mike Pegram. So I'm just going to let some of this audio run. It's raw audio, so you could hear what Miller had to say in that session. With Collins specifically, 
mentioned not wanting to rush me back and things like that. He's done really well, you know. Um, for, his level participation? His level of participation is 100% in the practices that he's competed in. He's done really, really well. You can see and start to see some of the things that he brings to the table as a player. There's a lot of intangible things he does. Um, he's dealing with a little bit of a rolled ankle right now, so he may be one of the guys we take a little bit cautious as, as we go through the weekend. He's probably uh, missed the three workouts this week with a little a rolled ankle, which is a typical sprain. So, but with him continuing to take things slow, I'm not worried about his. Uh, I'm not worried about his uh, learning curve. I'm not worried about all that. I think he's a guy that that gets it. Uh, I think he's a guy that we're going to need later down the line, and more so right now in October. Obviously, Colin brings all the intangibles and leadership as a fifth-year player, but what are you kind of looking for from that in terms of on-court production this year, scoring, rebounding? We need to go through him a little bit. You know, he's a guy you can play through um, that can make guys around him better. Uh, he clearly can spread the floor, uh, which is an added advantage. Uh, but I think that his biggest attribute for us is his ability to think the game, play through him a little bit, let him make decisions, let him be a playmaker at times um, where he has that IQ. You know, we've always, our teams that have been good have always had small forwards that have high assist to turnover ratios, which is unorthodox that guys like him can, you know, have a high assist, low turnover. Those, those are the things that we're looking for him to do. And I think he's got the game for it. We've seen glimpses of it. He's starting to put the ball on the floor right now and, and, and pass. It and, you know, he's, he's got the ability to do a lot of different types of things out there. So I think he's a guy we'll work through a little bit. Kind of in like a point forward type goal? Yeah, a little bit. I think, you know, he's going to be on the perimeter and he's going to be on the, on the inside a lot. So he's going to have the ball in his hands. We just need guys that make good decisions, and I think he's more capable of making good decisions than, 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 than what, some of our other guys. What can you take away from your time at Dayton as you go to Indiana? Well, we started from ground zero there as well, and... The one thing I'm confident in is I think I'm a lot better after six years being there than I was when I first got there. So having an understanding of how to teach what we're doing, having an understanding of exactly what you want and how it looks um, is more clear now than it was six years ago. So, you know, I think that's a good thing. I think our players are being taught better at Indiana than they were at Dayton very early. Um, so, but I think from building it from day one, uh, having a great base uh, defensively where guys understand where, what we're doing. We're not there yet. Um, installing an offensive philosophy that's different. Uh, but we've done that. So, you know, I think it takes some time. But at the end of the day, um, it'll get there. Your, your defensive philosophy is also a little bit different. How far do they, these guys have to come to get play some decent defense. Well, like, uh, I mean, I think the one thing in my mind is, is um, you take for granted guys who have been with you for a long time. Yeah. So whether you're playing really good on defense at Dayton or whether you think you're good, you're, you're probably evaluating your team the same way of what you're not doing. But when you have guys that know exactly what's coming every day and, you, and they know exactly what's going to happen when they get in the game, uh, that's the thing that you you don't have right now. They haven't executed it in a game. Practice is one thing, but um, right now we're playing hard, and I've been really impressed that day after day we've come to work and we've bought in. There hasn't been very many days where I've, I've questioned effort level, or I've questioned now technique and where you're supposed to be and all that. 
that's part of it right now. The other thing is we have four freshmen running around out there as well. You know, with race being added, you know, the four freshmen, if you have a couple injuries, they're in almost every rep. And then you sort of just get the normal freshman bugaboos that are going on. So, But I think there's a lot of opportunity there for guys to, to step up. I've been impressed with some guys that I didn't know much about. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm, you're learning your young guys and what they actually know when they first got here. But how far away are we from playing really good defense? I don't know. But we're on the right track in terms of the attitude and the, and the coachability and the understanding. I think... You have to get on film a couple times against somebody else before guys really start to see it. And then hopefully we can grow. Kind of along those lines, now that you've had two or three weeks of actually practicing with these guys, any guys in particular turned your head and kind of showed you something that you didn't see, maybe just some workouts or just previously going throughout the spring and summer? Well, I could probably go down the line on every guy um, on what you're seeing now. The competition is involved and understanding of the game is involved, teaching, who grasps things. Um, I would say one of the big surprises of me not knowing a whole lot is Devontae Green. You know, uh, Devontae is a guy that clearly has stood out in the first 14 practices in terms of impacting the game a lot of different ways. Uh, he by far and away right now is number one on the team in what we hold our gold standard in practice points. He's filling a lot of boxes right now with deflections, and steals, assists, um, and moving him as a primary ball handler, maybe even into some point guard this year, is something that I'm looking forward to exploring because I think he's a guy on our team that can really be creative, and I think he can get places. Um, but, you know, working those things out. Uh, Freddie McSwain's had a really good first two weeks as well. Um, I feel like Freddie has an advantage right now in practicing a little bit older and being a little bit stronger, but he brings it every day, and he's really chasing balls down. I think he's playing pretty hard right now, so he's shown some things that I was unaware of as well. And You know, everybody's done good things. There isn't one guy that hasn't stood out or hasn't done things that, that you say, wow, I can see where he can help us do this. But just in terms of the production of practice as a coach, and you look down the line, from a sheer practice statistics and points, I think that Devontae and Freddie have kind of separated themselves as every day getting a lot done. Okay, gotcha. I may be mistaken. You mentioned being impressed by Rob Justin's work ethic over the summer. You also mentioned a guy that you'll look to for scoring. How is that the motivation from the summer and the work he put in then? How does that translate to the first couple of weeks of practice? Yeah, I think Rob, we were asking Rob to do a lot in the first week of practice. He was having to think too much. We've taken a little bit off his plate because we want him to be a guy that's home in on obviously offensively scoring the ball for us. In the last three or four practices, he's really uh, done a nice job. He's shooting the ball extremely well. He's starting to put the ball on the floor a little bit better. He's cut turnovers down uh, a good bit. And I think simplifying things for him so he can be the most aggressive Rob he can be is a good thing. And everything that he's been about from the first day he's got here, there hasn't been one thing that showed me anything different. He's in the right frame of mind right now. Well, he's a tremendous communicator, which as a point guard is great. Um, I think he's rock solid defensively. He's a guy that's going to be able to hold his own. Offensively, uh, has shown the ability to really shoot the ball. What we have to do with him is to get him to understand how to run the team. You know, he's running a new system now, and everything that they've ever been used to has changed. So we're trying to get him to think the game a little bit more as a one and run the team a little bit more rather than uh, not give anybody direction or communication. That's something we've talked a lot about him. I think as we get down the line here, that Josh and, and, and Devontae and Al, those guys will be probably our three most primary ball handlers at the one. What kind of role do you see Zachary Roberts having this year last year? He 
He's a he's a he's a winner, uh, hard playing guy, um, guy that can impact the game without having to take a shot. Um, plays you know within his role. I feel like he has a chance to, to not only help us win games, but I think he has a chance to, to help our team here early because um, he's grasped some things pretty quickly. Um, but we have to develop our depth, and I think part of developing the depth is a guy like him having an opportunity to play. And uh, he's earned a right right now. As you watch our practices, I mean, he's doing a nice job. Maybe mistaken. I think I read somewhere that you guys have like a gold practice jersey for. Uh... Yeah, we've we've done that for a while, and uh, it's called the Gold Standard, and it has a statistically uh, balanced award sheet throughout every practice that's graded. And at the end of every practice, we talk about who did what in practice, good and bad. That goes from week to week. And the weekly winner will achieve the gold jersey, which the gold jersey is a, is a reward that, you know, everything that we do is about competition. So there's a winner and a loser. Loser's usually running. And if you win the gold jersey and you're on a losing team, you get a chance to sit out that run. So it's a pretty good incentive. But for the coaching staff, you know, it's accountability. It's the ability to, to answer questions directly on why things may not be what they seem. And uh, to me, our best players over the course of time and practice have been the guys that get the job done in the games. Where did that start? Is that something you carried over from Dayton? Or did you get the uh, that started a while back, I think, at Xavier uh, with my brother there. And then obviously I was a part of the, the gold standard at Arizona. We took it to Dayton. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Chris Mack is still doing it at, at Xavier. It's just something you start. It's a great way to talk to your players throughout the course of the year about keeping things simple. It's not about what you're getting in the game. It's not about what you're getting or what you want down the line. It's about, like, what are you doing right now? And uh, it's a good way of talking to them, keeping them focused on the things that you're asking them to do. Who are some of the guys who have worn that gold jersey so far? We've only handed out one because we usually the first couple weeks you got to get some practices going with them. Devontae uh, Green was our award winner for our first gold jersey. And as we come down this, this second week, which will probably finish on Friday, I'm not real sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Freddie or Juwan or Devontae wasn't trying to compete to maybe get the second. The R.G. Miller era will get started this Saturday at the Simon Scott Assembly Hall versus Marion University with the tip-off coming at 8 p.m. Now, that game's going to be televised online only on the Big on Big Ten Plus, and in fact, I use first three games will be shown on Big Ten Plus, but this comes up every every year, but don't get, don't get too mad about them being on B, BTN Plus. Each Big Ten team is contractually obligated to have a certain number of games shown on BTN Plus per that television contract, so just... Be happy that I use exhibition games and only the season opener versus Indiana State will show up on that service. The Big Ten Network makes it a point to fill IU's allotment early in the season so the Hoosiers can be on TV as much as possible. Indiana's ratings are always among the highest in the conference, if not the highest in the conference. And so you have to suffer a little bit early in the season by being limited to BTN+, Plus, but get it out of the way before the, the, the really good competitive games start. It's, it's really the best uh, best uh, situation for Indiana fans, so it's a little bit frustrating early, but don't get too upset. Well, that's all the time we have on the Peaks Podcast, brought to you by the Upland Brewing Company this week. I want to thank you for listening, and I want to remind you to visit Peaks.com for the very best in IU football and basketball coverage you're going to find anywhere. Nobody covers Hoosier recruiting better than Mike Pegram, Jeff Rabjohns, and Matt Weaver, so come be a part of a thriving and exciting community at Peaks.com. You are not going to be disappointed. Folks, we're out of time, but for now, and for Mike, Jeff, and Matt, I'm Ken Bykoff saying thanks for listening, everybody.